0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can listen to us here on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM80, the ESPN app, all the great ESPN stations across the country, as well as watch us on ESPN2, Alone, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. If you missed any of our first hour, you can go back on the ESPN app, listen to our podcast. A lot of conversation about Aaron Rodgers' latest comments about Zach Wilson by way of the Pat McAfee show, the health of Trevor Lawrence, Shohei Otani, and his latest situation with the Dodgers kind of spilling the beans that they met with him when they're not supposed to do that, Caleb Williams and his future as well. Also, the Niners... The Eagles and the Cowboys. It feels like we have a big three in the NFC. And yes, our, one of our producers, Javante Lawrence, is probably mad that I didn't include the Detroit Lions in there. <laughs> but to be fair, the way in which the Detroit Lions have been playing recently, I feel comfortable and confident saying it's a big three with those three. We saw the Niners beat up on the Eagles this past week. We see the Eagles and the Cowboys this upcoming week. Shannon Sharp on first take had this to say about the Cowboys and the Eagles and whether or not either one of them could actually beat the Niners.
0: I don't believe either team can beat the 49ers. That's how good the 49ers are. And I understand how well Dak is throwing the football. But they can't beat the 49ers. And the Eagles, they're too too weak on the back end. But if you make me pick, I'll take the Cowboys just because. But I don't think either team, being, being honest, can beat the 49ers. All
1: right. Which one? You had to pick one. You go on ESPN Bet right now, you had to bet a dollar. Cowboys or Eagles, best shot against the Niners?
2: Oh, the Eagles. I I don't think that that's up for debate. Now, that's subject to change with new information, and I think this week's game down in Jerry's world is going to inform a lot of how I look at the rest of the regular season, but more importantly, what's going to happen in the NFC in the postseason. But I got more proof of concept with the Eagles because they actually beat this 49ers team when it mattered in the NFC Championship game a year ago. So, I would go with the Eagles, Smalls.
3: I would go with the Eagles as well, um, based on some of the the wins that they've had this season, too, what we're seeing. I, I keep thinking that we haven't seen the best version of the Philadelphia Eagles yet, and I'm hoping that it's a crescendo as the season goes on and not a deterioration in a way yep. as the season goes on. Yep. Um, but I also have more confidence in Jalen Hurts to get it done on the big stage than I do Dak Prescott, despite Dak, I think, playing better than Jalen Hurts right now. Okay,
2: times. so you're not, you're not on board with what David Carr said, my former teammate, how they need to bench Jalen Hurts for Marcus Mariota? <laughs>
3: no. I, don't, I think I saw enough tape on Marcus Mariota. <laughs> yeah, I think, we're,
2: I think we're good on Marcus Mariota. I
3: will
1: say, with all the incompetent backup quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota is competent, not Jalen Hurts' level of competence. Sure. But like if he were on the Jets, he'd be the greatest quarterback of all time. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great I mean, point. So let's,
2: That's a great point. So
1: there's two parts of this. It is absurd to think Marcus Mariota over Jalen Hurts. But Marcus Mariota in the league we're living in today feels like a Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about some of the quarterbacks we have. My wife walks into our room last night, and my son is 10, and she's and she is not a sports person. She says that my son told her that, uh, is it true that nine quarterbacks are out? I said, I don't know the exact number, but he's probably right. A 10-year-old is talking <laughs> to his friends in fifth grade about what's going on in the league that he loves. He's 10, and it's just crazy. But here's the thing. There is a point of concern. I, I agree with you on Philadelphia, but I've been thinking about something here with Philly, and it is a good problem to have. Mm. But if we believe Philadelphia ends up with the one seed, and if we believe that Philadelphia, if Philadelphia wins this week, and let's say they end up with the one seed, and let's say they're going to have the one seed, and we know a few weeks in advance, there is something that is a weird thing that I'm worried about if I'm an Eagles fan, but I am worried about it. The Eagles, in essence, have a month off. If they end up with the one seed, they have the Giants, the Cardinals, the Giants again, and a bye. That is a long time in between meaningful football that they would play. They played the Seahawks on Monday Night Football on December 18th, the game that was flexed in with the Patriots and the Chiefs flexed out. After that, Giants at home, Cardinals at home, at the Giants, and if they're the one, a bye. That is a long period of time that would get me nervous if I'm an Eagles fan that in a weird way you almost hope that there is another loss in there with the Cowboys and the Seahawks, you have something to play for late in the season.
2: I hear you on that, but I can't ignore what I saw last year from the Philadelphia Eagles. Because remember, Jalen Hurts got hurt in the Chicago Bears game. They started with Gardner Minshew, I think it was. They had the Cowboys, Saints, and the Giants to finish the season. That didn't affect how they went into the postseason playing against teams that really weren't you know, playoff contenders. And so I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Philadelphia will be fine because this team has that type of championship DNA. They got to the Super Bowl in year two of Jalen Hurts being a full time starter. I don't think this team is going to regress. I think this team is acutely aware of the circumstances. They understand what it takes to win this time of year, and I think they're playing the long game. So they continue to focus on improving as a team. I think. What Brandon Graham said is telling about how that locker room feels and how he thought the loss to San Francisco was good because a lot of the little things that they've been talking about getting cleaned up came back to bite them and now they're forced to do it in order to get on or in order to level up with the 49ers. So I actually think the loss to the 49ers last week ends up being a good thing for the Eagles in terms of them refocusing and getting back on track and getting ready for a run.
1: No, go ahead. In order to pick one of these two teams to beat the Niners in a big spot, you, as of this moment, you are picking the San Francisco 49ers to do something that they have never done. If you look at the last two seasons, when they have Purdy, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, CMC, Travis Travis Kelsey, oh my God, George Kittle, and Trent Williams healthy. Mm -hmm. By my counting here, by my math, which could be wrong, I'm not stats at info, but I try to be. They are 14 and 0 in the last 2 years when those guys start a game and finish a game together. They have never lost with that crew. In addition, Brock Purdy has started 17 games in his career. The team is 14 and 3 in those games. He has 34 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. The concept of picking anyone right now, even a team as great as Philadelphia, NFC champs, Jalen Hurts could be an MVP. Sirianni's been great so far in his career. Picking anyone to beat the Niners is actually a massive upset because this group, as we know them, healthy, doesn't lose. Literally does not lose.
2: No, I hear where you're coming from, but we saw them go into Philadelphia last year in the conference championship game. They were healthy. It's it's not as if... They had an injury because of happenstance. The pass rush for the Philadelphia Eagles, which was historically good a year ago, got to Brock Purdy early in that game and knocked him out.
1: Right. And I know if if Brock Purdy is not knocked out, I can't sit here and say they would have won. What I can say is numbers indicate they wouldn't have lost, right? Is that the, the math works in their favor? Is that when that group, starts a game and finishes a game they have never lost. So when we ask the question, we'll ask it to you guys as part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season. Without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. As the bigger threat to the 49ers, the Eagles or the Cowboys, we're all in agreement, the Eagles. But I have to add on one question. Is anyone actually a threat if the Niners are healthy?
2: Yes, Yes, the Eagles are an actual threat. Okay. Again, I'm not trying to dismiss what we saw from San Francisco. Right. But I will say that was a tough spot for the Philadelphia Eagles. They were coming out of this gauntlet of games. Mm -hmm. What is it? The five-game game? five game gauntlet that featured teams like the Dallas Cowboys twice it was Can- uh, it it was, be- it was Kansas City the Buffalo Bills i mean it was just- the
1: hardest five this game is- stretch this is i think a- we've ever this seen
2: this is a tough stretch of games no doubt and so they played an overtime game the week before they played a lot of snaps against the Kansas City Chiefs on the defensive side of the ball like it it, it ended up being a tough spot and they came back to get them i get that i understand that I guess my question is, if Philadelphia ends up with the one seed, that's one less game, one less opportunity for injury that they would have against the 49ers, and it would be somewhat of a rest disparity in their favor as opposed to the other way around, which is what we saw in Week 13. So I'm not making excuses for the Eagles. Right. I'm just simply saying that if they were to meet again in the postseason and that game is in Lincoln Financial, it will look a lot different. And the 49ers don't win close games. We talked about that before. If it's a close game, they're going to be on the losing side. It's either lose or a blowout, and they're and they're going to win. That's how they play. And so I'm a little bit concerned that if Brock Purdy gets in a closely contested game, that he can have his team on the right side of that. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, let's let's walk through a quick exercise here. Let's do the playoffs as of right this second to kind of walk through where Philadelphia is going to go. Right, so you would have San Francisco hosting the Packers in the first round. I assume San Francisco, we have winning that, right? Yes. yes. Okay. We would have Detroit hosting Minnesota. Who do we have winning that? Detroit. Detroit. Okay. We would have Atlanta hosting the Cowboys. 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 Okay. So that means the lowest seed that would win would be the Dallas Cowboys, which would put Dallas at Philly in that round, right, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm mm-hmm. getting this right, and then you'd have Detroit at San Francisco. The The thing that's interesting, with all, if I'm getting my math right on this, I think I am. The thing that's interesting about all of this is could you see Dallas winning in Philly – and then if Philly's the biggest threat to San Francisco, they may never play them. Right? Potentially. It's possible. If you think San Francisco beats Detroit and Dallas could go on the road hypothetically and beat Philadelphia, the NFC Championship game is Dallas at San Fran. Right? What, the thing that I, it's not that crazy – you're giving me that look of, like, maybe that could happen or maybe that couldn't happen. Where are you on this, CC?
2: No, it could happen. I'm it not going to say it's off the board, but I just don't see Dallas going to Philly in the playoffs and beating.
3: I don't either. <laughs> as well as Dak is playing, as well as his Cowboys team is playing, I'm going to pick Philly in that point. Yeah,
1: yeah. So in that scenario, you'd have... What there? You'd have, okay, so then it would be obviously Philadelphia hosting San Francisco. We'd, exactly. we'd be right back to the same spot that we were, and that's where you're saying San Francisco then has to go on the road for the second time this season and beat Philadelphia on the road. That's a tough task. Nobody's doubting that.
2: That is a very tough task. Does I, Big Dom end up being on the sideline again for that game? That's you the better big believe it. Yeah, they big, haven't big, ruled big, anything big, big, big on that. Do, big Dom he's on a on
3: galvanizing it. force. He better be right there. <laughs> big Dom.
1: Is he more of a galvanizing force being suspended or, or actually being there? If the league suspended Big Dom... The security guy? That's a good question. He's bigger than Rocky in Philadelphia. Oh, they got to
2: show up to the stadium with the free Dom. Free Dom. <laughs> free Dom. I mean, that baby. would be the biggest free rock star <laughs> ever.
1: Forget Meek Mill. Forget anybody in the history. Forget Embiid. There's no bigger star in Philadelphia than Big Dom if he gets suspended. If he doesn't get suspended, all right, we kind of forget that story. Okay. 8 and 8 say ESPN. Bigger threats to the San Francisco 49ers. you go in Philly or you go in Dallas. Certainly that game would be a hot ticket. Hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner. Of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. You got Philly and Dallas this weekend. That is obviously a hot ticket. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls in on that. Plus, the transfer portal is running wild. Is it a good thing
4: or
5: a bad thing for college sports? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. So what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go visit your parents, hang out with friends, and catch a movie? They're all solid options, but what about devoting time to yourself? Maybe taking up a personal hobby you've put off. With everything in your life that you handle, work, picking the kids up from school, running errands, you never really get enough me time. The best way to squeeze that time into your schedule is to first understand your own personal value and then make yourself a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Prioritizing mental health is an important part of my life. Let BetterHelp empower you to be the best version of yourself and guide you along the journey of becoming a better you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better slash unsportsmanlike
2: for the ones who get it done Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer Call, click or just stop by.
0: Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN 2, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to get your phone calls in on the NFC playoff picture in a second. But our stats and information group put together numbers on the transfer portal in college sports. I mean, some of the most overwhelming numbers you'll ever see. And it... It really makes us pose the question, is this a good thing or a bad thing for college sports? So here we go. The transfer portal. A total of 1,184 college football players have entered the NCAA transfer portal <laughs> on the first day of the winter window yesterday. That's up from 775 on the first day a year ago. Okay? 93 FBS, that's Division One. Scholarship QBs in the portal, which includes star names like Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, Kyle McCord at Ohio State, and others. Purdue and Coastal Carolina each have 24 players in the portal. CeCe, how many players are on a college team, roughly? 85 scholarship guys. 85. So a third, fourth, whatever it is, of the entire team. team, A fourth of the team, is at least testing the waters <laughs> of <on> potentially <laughs> leaving. These numbers, Nuno, our producer, sent me these, and I'm like, these can't be real. These are overwhelming. All of that said, I still don't think this is a bad thing for college football. I think we have college football free agency. Like, the other sports, we get excited for NFL and MLB. Like We're currently in MLB free agency. Now, they do it horribly, in my opinion, because there's no launch date for it. It's just there. The NFL and NBA have a launch date. Mm-hmm. College football should probably have more of a launch date for this with the transfer portals. I guess they did kind of yesterday, but we didn't feel it as much.
2: Yeah, I think this is fun. Well, yeah, they have the windows that they've set up, right? right? And this is the winter window. The first day of the winter window opened up yesterday, and that's why all of these were made official. But I- I'm all for it, Ev. I, I am for free agency and affecting college football because these kids get to determine where their futures are going to be. And now that they get to monetize their athletic ability through NIL, there's a tangible benefit, there's an incentive. It's important that I put myself in a position where I can maximize this opportunity. So I don't have a problem with it, Smalls.
3: I don't either. I love that these student-athletes are getting their piece of the pie that they've deserved for a long time. And I'm all for that. But as a fan of the sport, as a fan of my school... I part of the reason that you love college, in addition to going there and having the geography and the, just it being a fabric of who you are, is that you see a lot of these same athletes for several years in a row and you get attached to them. You you know, a player as a sophomore and then you get to watch them grow into a senior and then it's their time to shine. The only thing that I don't like as a fan is that you don't get that longevity with these teams and these athletes the way you used to. OK,
1: so based on Sometimes that, you do based but, on that. Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma, comes from Central Florida to Oklahoma. I believe his touchdown to interception ratio, I have it somewhere in my notes, is 4-to-1 in his career with over 100 touchdowns. Yeah. So if he signed up to go to Illinois today, you would be mad about that because no. you only get him for a year.
3: No, no, no. I, I understand, and I love that portion I'm just, of it. I'm
1: just throwing it out there,
3: Smalls. But as a fan of your school, Wisconsin, didn't you love when you would know a guy and you would watch them grow throughout the program? Sure. I'm not saying that but, What, was that going to my... turn down
1: uh, Russell Wilson?
3: No, of course not. And I'm not saying that my need for that <laughs> outweighs my need or my excitement for these players to get to have agency in their college life. This is a business, and they're getting their portion of this, and I love and appreciate that. But I'm just saying it a little bit of the of the nostalgia or the magic of it is dulled for me. It's, it's a business now, right. and it should have been a business for a long time.
1: So here's the thing, though. I guess my premise for liking it and being into it is under the idea – of I've given up on what you just said. It's not us growing up and Tim Duncan is at Wake Forest for four years. That would Mm -hmm. never happen in today's day and age anymore. Like, it just can't happen that way. I'm now interested in the guys who transfer because it gives me a revived sense of hope for my team. Like, for example, the only other Wisconsin-Miami Heat Patriot guy in the world, James White. Now, he has a little bit more of a reason. He played for the Patriots in Wisconsin. I saw him tweeting out yesterday Trying to recruit publicly the Toledo quarterback to come to Wisconsin. I don't even know who that is, but because my guy James White is saying it, I'm like, oh, we may get a guy now. And now I'm like, I have this renewed sense of, oh, if Luke Fickle gets this guy, now my school could be big. Cece is like become a Michigan fan because he's like a Virginia. It is what it is. If if any of those guys that we just put on the school on the screen, excuse me, on ESPN two, if Cameron Ward from Washington State. Who everybody says is great. I'm not going to sit there and say I have a great feel for this guy. But if he commits to Virginia, you forgot you're a Michigan guy overnight. <laughs> your wife now has to root for Virginia versus the other way around. I think this is what happens, right? If all you Smalls, you are not down on your Cardinals. You're not as high as you used to be on the Cardinals. If all of a sudden Buster only or Jeff Passan reports that Shohei Otani signs with the Cardinals, you're going nuts today that now we have that in college sports
2: i think it's great yeah and here's the thing i i, I appreciate the fact that we're stripping away the guise of this being amateurism right yeah, right yeah, and sure. and that the the value of the scholarship and and being able to go to these schools the, the educational opportunity that's what it should be all about that's all the incentive that these players need. we're stripping that down now and it's about time that college football finally gets to this place now a lot of people that don't like it will point to the chaos and they're saying well this is not manageable this is not sustainable And to that, I would say the NCAA had decades on end where they could have treated this differently, where they could have entertained the possibility of finding an alternative way to compensate the athletes and to allow more player mobility rather than it being the wild, wild west. But it took state legislatures across the country vying for these athletes to be able to profit off of their name and image and likeness, something that the NCAA has been doing since the beginning of time. It took governments getting involved on the behalf of these kids, advocating for them, for them to finally be in this position. And now with the transfer portal, these kids are finally taking advantage of it. These athletes are just doing what the coaches have been doing all along in college football, which is one-upping and getting to better situations, using your season, using your current station as a platform to build to get to better. And if you don't like players leaving your program, will make your program better. That is the way of the world. If you're a booster, if you're a fan, and you want to retain your top talent – then you need to put money into these packs and these NIL trusts so you can make sure that you can keep your players. Remember Ryan Day a couple of years ago? He told the alumni, hey, man, I need $13 million to keep our guys. That's not even going in the portal and getting anybody else. I need $13 million to keep the players that I recruited out of high school in JUCO on this team. That's where we're at right now, and we have to embrace it. We have to accept it. And to your point, Ev, I think the NCAA, after a while – will actually start to publicize this in a different way.
1: Well, they, there was something yesterday. Dan Murphy of ESPN.com. I'll read you the first part of his story. NCAA President Charlie Baker proposed rule changes Tuesday that would allow Division I schools for the first time to pay their athletes in ways that are not tied to educational resources. <laughs> They're about 50 years late on this I stuff. know. Ridiculous. It's just, and the thing that I've never understood... If the NCAA schools, the, the, let's just use Virginia with, with CC because it's an easy example. If the NCAA rules were, okay, well, we, we are giving CC room and board, we're giving him classes, we're giving him food, we're giving him everything he's giving. Okay, I can understand the trade. of he's giving us football, we're giving him this. What I never understood is, well, then if a local business in Charlottesville, Virginia, wanted to have you as the face of their business, as you're a star player in the ACC, academic All-American, if I'm not mistaken, as well, in that spot— and they and have you as their endorser and pay you, the fact that they weren't allowed to do that, but me, if I was the student radio host there, I would be allowed to do that, is the most absurd thing of all time. Because I, the thing that I've never understood is, fine, if the schools don't want to pay the kids, then... Okay, I guess we can have the conversation about it. I don't agree with it, but we can have the conversation. To not let student athletes get money elsewhere, legally, morally, ethically, is absurd. When you and I, working, I worked at WSUM 91.7, I could get an endorsement deal with the Tornado Room, my favorite restaurant in Madison, but Ron Dane couldn't who won the Heisman? What? That's
3: ridiculous. Oh, yeah. This is expensive chaos right now, and it's a mess of the NCAA zone making, as you mentioned. I mean, they could have put barriers up years ago, and they didn't. So now they're being reactionary to all of this, and they're very, very late to the game.
1: No question. No question. They don't get credit for it, though, right? Are we agreeing? We can. No. Yeah, oh, not. They deserve
2: no credit. No. no credit at all. So we are
1: in on Transfer Portal. You are no, I'm 75% su- of I'm the way in? I'm
3: super in. I'm super in. It's exciting. I love that these players, like I said, have agency, and they get to not only monetize – what their their work because it is work but i i do miss the Knowing that these are going to be your guys on your team and falling in love with them and and knowing that you're going to have them for three four years that that part of it is sad to me but I am happy to put that to the wayside in order for them to get their piece well like of the theater. head coach
2: for Kentucky said just donate more money yeah Mark don't do, do, donate more money you if you want if you want the team to be better you, fall in love you with can them. you can have a direct impact on that by donating money and <laughs>
1: I promise you LSU fans yeah, right. fell in love with Joe Burrow and he was at Ohio State before that they yep. fell in love with him. Kmart, Kimberly A. Martin joining us next. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
6: It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash morning code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
3: Support for this podcast. And the following message comes from wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. com/unsportsmanlike
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive. .com, along with Michelle Smoman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Kimberly A. Martin is here, ESPN NFL reporter. Hey! I got hey. to bring, bring people behind the scenes. Somehow during the last break for us, we got into a whole conversation about the movie Above the Rim. Yes. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Always on after the dunk contest.
4: <laughs> which, which, great movie, and then Christopher all of a sudden was like, it's a terrible movie. So I immediately jumped down his throat. And he was like when it's edited and I was like oh okay yeah, they, can't, they can't show you the
2: real yeah, version yeah, yeah, on yeah, TNT yeah. After Chris is right I mean, it'll no. be the only time yeah, I say
4: Chris is right exactly. so, yeah. oh, oh wow yeah. wow, wow. Yeah. starting off you know spicy what? I like it. I miss our get up Wednesdays I do miss it yes I do so miss it. I so I, do. I have to get my gems
1: alright well you have your own sportsman like Wednesdays now um, alright what happened with Aaron Rodgers yesterday <laughs>
4: Which part? Yes. <laughs> which, yes. which How part? did you—you're sitting there,
1: you're watching, you report on the NFL. I saw yeah. you tweeting about it. Like, yeah. your interpretation of what exactly happened yesterday right. with right. Aaron Rodgers on McAfee.
4: Okay, there was a lot. I, I actually applaud him for defending his teammate. He is right about one thing. The issue with the Jets, since I was a beat writer, has always been things start leaking out. When mm. things go awry, all of a sudden people start talking. So Aaron's point about— it's messed up that somebody internally would even say that to a reporter. He is right. You want to keep that internally. But Aaron is all about free speech, as we know. <laughs> but, but the assassination of character thing, like he goes out of his way to sort of rip the media. And it's sort of like, let's not do that. Um, I, I think within the Jets, unfortunately, it's embarrassing and it, and it brings me back to the circus days. It brings me back to the teams that I covered. And you thought that they were well past that. Um, I here's the thing. I don't even, even if Zach Wilson, because we've all had days where it's like, man, I'm not going to work today. I don't want to do this. I don't want to <laughs> do that. I, like, let's be honest. Every single person has been like, I didn't get that promotion, but they want me to do all this work. I don't know about all that. Like, you have those moments internally, but you still show up. And I think the context of how did the kids say it? When did he say it? Why did he say it? To who did like? I feel like part of the context is missing. So I don't. I don't want to get into the veracity of the report. And Aaron, I like that he defended his teammate. Either way, the Jets are they're in a terrible position. Whether they start Zach Wilson or Trevor Simeon or Brett Ripien, who they just decided to sign <laughs> yesterday, it's 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 all bad.
2: Yeah, it's all bad. And, and here's the thing: Aaron Rodgers asked the question about what there was to be gained by leaking something like this out about Zach Wilson, to which the only answer I could conclude was they're playing a game of CYA in Florham Park. Because when you have the expectations as lofty as mm-hmm. they are coming into this season and your team is 4-8, including losing five straight, mm-hmm. everybody wants to cover their own ass. Yeah. That's what it feels yeah. like is going mm-hmm. on. And so I guess my question is, if things continue to spiral in Florham Park, does the presence of Aaron Rodgers preclude Woody Johnson from firing the general manager and or the head coach?
4: Here's my thing. I think what we've seen, good and bad, when they brought Aaron in, my question was, who's going to be the leader of this organization? Is it Aaron Rodgers or is it going to be Robert Sala? And so far, Aaron Rodgers has been the, has been the leader of this organization. Mm-hmm. It, what Aaron wants, Aaron has gotten and he will continue to get. So as long as Aaron is like, we have a good nucleus here, we can win with this. But I think if Aaron ever said— So if they lose said, 10
2: straight games.
4: I think if Aaron went to Woody Johnson was like, yo, we got to do X, Y, and Z, I bet you Woody would be like, all right, Aaron. You know, you know like I think it's— Why? To, what has wh- he
1: done to earn that with that organization? Whoa.
4: With He's, that organization? With, you bring him in because he is the, the antithesis of what you've experienced over the last 50 years. like On he the field. Is on the, you know what I mean? Like, he is literally, tra- like, he had transformed that organization. We were talking about the Jets, like, what? Has he, though? We, well, that, <laughs> the, well, that was the know? other thing. When he was, through OTAs, through, up until those first four mm-hmm. snaps, it was like, they are professionally run. The Jets yeah. are, like, they are fun to watch. This is a team you can actually root for, like Aaron. Actually, like having seen a different side of him, I actually like the guy. There are things I don't like about him, but I actually like the guy. I like the teammate that he is. And I think you are looking at a winner, and the Jets have not had that at that position. So when you are desperate for something, anything to change the culture here, you will give him all sorts of freedom, I think. I, I think Like, you've gone all in. Like, Tim Boyle was here because of Aaron Rodgers. Like, like, guys are here because of Aaron Nathaniel Hackett is here because of Aaron.
2: So if they lose the remaining five games and they go into the offseason on a 10-game losing streak, Woody Johnson would hold his nose and bring back everybody if that's what Rodgers wanted. So
4: here, in defense of Robert Sala, who is, what coach is winning with the quarterback situations that they have, Right. Right? Well, well here, 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 oh. here's, here's what I'll say. I mean, four teams. I love the, Evan wanting to jump across. I, the I know. I, know. I was love really said, <laughs> I love that. have been talking
2: about this all morning. I mean, right now, if the playoffs started today, there will be four teams that will be in that are on backup quarterbacks.
4: Yes. So, I mean. No. I guess, oh, I, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, here's my thing. My thing is, if I'm looking at Joe Douglas sort of like, okay, your coach can only coach who's here. Yeah. But when Aaron Rodgers, he was the first quarterback to go down this no season. Doubt. And nothing was done. And it's sort of like, yeah, we'll see, we'll play out the string with Zach. Like that's not just a head coaching issue. Agreed. That like, what was Joe Douglas's plan? Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking around, everybody can say honestly, everybody has culp- like they have culpability, but they also can say like, well, n- we put everything, all our chips in the middle of the table for Aaron. That's also an organizational decision. So Woody, Joe. Robert, it's like, hey, we're going to go with this guy. And when it doesn't it's like work like the Spider Man
2: meme when they're like, playing yeah. like, or, or like The
4: Office, like, where it's like, oh, you, you, yeah. you know? yeah. like, no. I, I, I think every person in this scenario could say, like, what do you expect me to do? Like, this wasn't, and if Woody feels like Aaron thinks we can win with this, I think they'll continue with this. One thing we do know, Nathaniel Hackett will be here. <laughs> How? <laughs>
0: because, wow. because Aaron Rodgers
4: an MVP in that system. Why? <laughs> because it's Aaron's because system. Aaron's like, yo, this is what we're doing. And Nathaniel's like, okay, cool. Like that, you know what I'm it's saying? Like, like that part of, and that's not, I'm not killing them for it, but it's sort of like you went all in on this plan. See the plan through. Like you wanted all of that dude's boys here. They're here. Now win, win with it. Um, it's dangerous, but, but that's what you wanted to do.
3: Kimberly, I am with you. I can't forget what I saw this off season, this preseason with Aaron Rodgers, the
4: lovable Aaron Rodgers. We got a glimpse Great of it team. on Hard Knocks. He looked like a different version. Chris not buying it. Chris has no feelings, but I. Do. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, I it, well, we bought it, right? We looked at the New York Jets, which have been a hot mess for a long time, yep. and we said this truly feels like a different organization because of this guy, and obviously all that deteriorated once he mm-hmm. got injured. But what is it about the Jets? Because there are a lot of other teams in New York that don't have this level of dysfunction. Consistently, they don't have all of this drama all the time. Yeah. It's like it's in the fabric of the oh, uniform, no, it's, Kimberly. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, is it about the Jets? I think with this and I don't want to call them dysfunctional, you but don't? I think <laughs> because it it, it cuz here's the thing, I was one of those people even before Aaron got here. I felt like the introduction of Garrett Wilson and Sauce like the young, like like um, like uh, Reese. like Quinn and Williams, like Bre- Reese, like yeah, all these cool, younger yeah. guys, it, being around the team before Aaron even got here, it wasn't the same old Jets. It really wasn't. Like these kids are like, listen, I don't care what this team was doing before we got here, but all we know is winning, and that's what we're trying to mm-hmm. do. And I felt like that was a wonderful thing. Now, when you talk about what happens, I think some within certain buildings, like. It's seeped into, like, the actual brick and mortar of the place. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are just some buildings where it's just like, yo, anytime we try to get out of our own way, we, like, trip our own self. Even
2: when they built a new building Even in Florham they, Park. You know? <laughs> and
4: it's like, I mean, I, listen, you're talking to somebody who who's covered the John Idzig 12 like, like oh, God. the flying of the planes over practice, the Tim Tebow introductory presser, like, all these things that the butt fumble, all these things that have happened... <laughs> Since I've been around this team, and I finally was like, "Yo, they 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 got it right with Aaron. Like, this is great." And now I'm like, when he went down after four plays, I was like, "Yo, were they cursed? Like, what is happening? Yeah. What is happening? I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. it." The best run organizations have wonderful ownership that knows what they don't know and allow football people to do football things, and they have GMs and head coaches who work in tandem and who can see the bigger picture, and it's not about ego. That's what I think the best organizations, how they work.
1: All right, last thing. Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter. Be a part of Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern, first take, 10 a.m. Eastern. Of course, all of the NFL coverage here on ESPN. Explain the dichotomy between the Green Bay Packers last year and the Green Bay Packers this year and how Rodgers fits into that.
4: The, how he fits into it?
1: Meaning he's no longer there. They have no and drama. They're,
4: oh, wow. Evan's on one of those today. He's <laughs> just, okay, okay. We just just, a- he's asking. sick of Aaron, yeah. and he just wants to blame Aaron for everything. Um, listen, credit Aaron aside. Credit to the Packers, man. It is clear that they have a plan, and they stick to it. Now, granted, Aaron made that plan a little complicated for a couple of years with those MVPs, <laughs> no but doubt. they stood. They said, "This is our guy for the future." And just a few weeks ago, I feel like on first taking it up, we're debating like, "Oh, is Jordan Love?" A guy, or is he the guy? Like, what's going on? And I'm, I'm so happy for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it when you see something, when you, when you have good scouting, when you have good development, when you sit guys a lot of times, it helps. It yep. benefits them. Um, so, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't want to blame Aaron for this dysfunction here in New Jersey. Like, I think there was, there was, <laughs> like Aaron is saying the right things as far as like, yo, you can't talk about. You want to be mad, talk about it in house. Don't let that get out. I, I'm with him on that.
1: You just hit on something that is such a thing. We've talked about it a bunch of times. The idea of sitting is so important. Go through the list of the best quarterbacks I'm in the league. I'm a
4: big proponent Mahomes of that. Mahomes
1: did it. Brady did it. Rodgers did it. Jordan Love, I'm not equating to them, but right, he right. did it. I mean, all the best quarterbacks are either sitting or not the intended starters upon arrival. Yes. Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. when he was great. Kimberly, great job as always. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Coming up, Pat Costello with a little round of I'm Over It on ESPN Radio.
2: Passion, drive, and patience.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: It is time for I'm Over It here on Unsportsmanlike. along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Pat Costello is back. He's still looking for a sponsorship. He doesn't know how to spell sponsorship. He spelled it incorrectly, but he's looking for an I'm Over It sponsorship.
7: Hello, Pat. Hello. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Is there anything... <laughs> He's all dressed Certain up now. Mean? He's got an, a, a, your sponsorship
1: here shirt and hat going today. Hello. What? Your sponsorship. Yeah, look. Look I'm, at him. I'm just, I got On options. On ESPN2 right now. Here it is.
7: We got options. We'll have
1: to get Rob, our social and digital guy, who was at the game last night with Smalls, the FAU Illinois game. They were both there, and neither of them interacted with each other at the game. Well,
3: to be clear, he was in a suite. I didn't have access to the level he was on. Oh. Oh. Well,
1: we gotta get Rob to put out a picture so. of Pat. But anyway, all right, so you're not as cool as Rob somehow. Yes, Pat. What are you over today?
7: Yeah, people taking shots at Jalen Hurts all of a sudden. What's happening right now? Uh, the, Mike Sielski from Philly in the Inquirer, and all of a sudden uh, David Carr saying Marcus Mariota would be a better option. Uh, Jalen Hurts, who's barely lost since he's been the Eagles starting quarterback, who's been in the MVP conversation the last couple of years. All of a sudden, we don't want him to be the quarterback. Over, We would rather have Brock Purdy in the conversation. What are we doing
2: I don't know what's wrong with people. I I don't know why you would suggest you would rather have Marcus Mariota out there over Jalen Hurts. you got to be out of your damn mind. All Jalen Hurts does is win. Up until Sunday, he had won 14 straight games against teams that had winning records. Why in God's world would you want to have Marcus Mariota, a failed starter, at numerous NFL stops, to be your guy in a season where your team has championship aspirations. It makes no sense.
3: There will be no Jalen Hurts slander on this show. I can Uh promise you Uh
4: that. (laughs) But I can't
3: understand. There's having a short memory and then there's having an Ants memory. Like, come on. It was one game that the Eagles lost and all of a sudden we're going to say we'd rather have Brock Purdy, who we love Brock on this show. He's playing like an MVP. But guess who else is? Jalen Hurts. What are we we talking about? You
1: could say that... I don't believe Jalen Hurts is 100% healthy, and because the Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl contenders, I would consider getting him healthy and let Marcus Mariota play. If that was the argument, fine. I don't think that's the entirety of the argument right now. What's the and argument? The argument is ridiculous is what the argument is. Oh, okay. All right. That's my point.
2: I was just making sure. I'm saying, if you,
1: okay. if, like, hypothetically, if I came on the air today and I said, Guys, I have a big announcement. I don't think Jalen Hurts should play. The reaction would be what the hell are you talking about? And I would follow that up with I'm convinced he's not healthy and he's too valuable to play football right now and you got to get him healthy. All right, maybe you can hear that me. Makes out on that makes sense. Maybe you can hear me. That out actually on that. makes sense. It's what you said about Joe Burrow earlier on this season and the Bengals did not do that. So anyway, I agree with you, Pat. I think we all agree with you. Next,
7: uh, I'm over Yankees fans. The Yankees stink and have stunk, and Yankees fans act like their 27 championships between like 1910 and 1940 still matter. You're not competitive. Your front office is a joke. You're not like the pride of baseball. You're probably the biggest laughing stock in baseball right now, but please keep telling me about how the Astros cheated six years ago and you're outraged by it. Well, it's ridiculous, and you're awful, and you're not going to get Shohei Otani, so shut up.
0: Uh, well,
2: oh, wow. Well, well, that, that, that hurts, Pat. That's that, it, that, If you
1: do shut up, you do have a chance of getting Shohei Ohtani. Because Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, is out there talking about the meeting. And Ohtani doesn't want anyone talking about the meeting. And they talked about the meeting. So they could lose him. But the Yankee fans, I'm amazed by this. I saw this last night. Jeff Passan of ESPN, or or baseball insider, Lone Buster, only reporting that the Yankees traded for Alex Verdugo of the Red Sox. Yes. I thought the Yankees and Red Sox weren't allowed to make trades with each other. What happened here? And I, I put it in our group chat last night, and multiple people, Mark on the TV side and Pat, come back with, they're
2: not rivals anymore. So the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry is dead? It's but you actually dead. have to win to call it a rivalry, and the Yankees, they've been doing a whole lot of that lately.
3: It doesn't have the same juice it once
6: did. But,
2: yeah, I mean, I mean, what used to be, these two teams fighting in the AL East in order to get to the division series, the championship series, and ultimately the world series. And now you don't have any semblance of that. Now the Red Sox went all in, they wanted a few years ago, and then they did a hard reset on the organization. Meanwhile, the Yankees have been trying to go all in each and every year and have come up short every single time. And so at some point we have to look at it and say, the people that are buying the groceries, Maybe we need to shake that up a little bit. Maybe we need to change it up a little bit. Maybe Brian Cashman ain't the best general manager in the entire sport. Aaron Boone, he might not be the problem, but he ain't the solution either. And the part that makes it even worse is the news that we got With this potential unsealed memo that Rob Manford had, which outlined the Yankees cheating from 2015 and 2016, turns out we were doing the same damn thing the Houston Astros were doing with the video room and utilizing the bullpen phones in order to send signs and signals to the batters so they could have an advantage. We were doing the same thing they were doing. But
3: you didn't win. And we didn't win.
2: That's the, that's the, we were doing the same thing and we didn't win. Like that, that just adds insult to injury in terms of this team having the longest World Series drought in what? Three or four decades? It's just, it's absolutely, it, I have to laugh at it smalls to keep from crying. I have to.
3: So, yeah, it's a it's a rough state of affairs right now if you're a New York Yankees fan. But, Pat, I want to go back to something you said about they can't rest on their 27 championship laurels. What's What's the delineation there? Like, if you haven't won in 10 years, you can't talk about the storied history. If it's 20 years, what's the delineation where you can't say – or, or I guess rest on, like, we're the New York Yankees anymore.
7: I mean, if most of them happened in, like, before there was color television, then <laughs> maybe we should just stop talking about them. Like, they're, they're just not relevant anymore. Well,
3: well, they're the Yankees. They're relevant. They're always going to no, be No,
7: the championships aren't oh, relevant. the
3: championships aren't relevant.
7: I yeah. got it. If, if Sorry if I'm not counting all of Yogi Berra's championships <laughs> in <laughs> 2023.
1: Shout out to Yogi. <laughs> but guy great guy. You guys are all saying the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry is dead. That's what you're saying. Right,
3: I'm not saying it's dead. Okay, so so,
1: I am saying saying, it's dead. It's dead. They don't
7: hate each other. Are there more
1: rivalries in sports that are dead or alive? Dead. Like, think about it. Michigan Ohio State is alive. What else is alive?
2: Duke North Carolina. Like I said to Oh, Baltimore Pittsburgh is alive and well.
3: Oh yeah, Yeah.
1: is it?
2: Are we sure about that? Yeah,
7: it doesn't feel like it is.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: Okay, I said to Pat. I said to Pat today, just behind the curtain a little bit. Well, Oklahoma Nebraska, that's clearly dead. And he goes, Oklahoma Nebraska were rivals. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, Cardinals wow. Cubs,
3: is it still alive? Uh, y- you know, that rivalry No, that's a no, no, no
2: <laughs> it's based on that, that's like, a no. Duke Carolina and basketball Duke Carolina, I say yes Hold yeah, on,
3: Cardinals-Cubs is alive, but I have to preface it with this or give an asterisk to this The Cardinals were so dominant for so long and the Cubs were the little brother and then the Cubs have won a World Series more recently than the Cardinals have but for so long, it was kind of a friendly rivalry, it was a I'm gonna sit in the bleachers at Wrigley and they're gonna buy me a beer and we're gonna drink an old style and I'm gonna be like, wow, you guys are cursed, how about that goat. Oh, Bartman. that sounds he, awful. It was just never that's really that's not a rivalry. Rivalry. It wasn't <laughs> as hate-filled. At, like, Michigan, Ohio State, yes. they hate their rival more than they love themselves. Cardinals Cubs was never but like that. Think it's about Midwestern a couple, niceties. Think about a couple
1: of weeks ago we had Florida, Florida State. Did anyone notice that? Yeah, it's because Florida wasn't good. Right, I know, but th- they have not been good at the same time and God knows how long. It just feels like most rivalries in sports Auburn, Alabama is still, yeah,
2: yeah, still alive and well. Yeah, that one's alive. That's a great Texas, Oklahoma is still alive and well.
1: But now that changes a little. They're going to still play, but because it's SEC, we'll see how that evolves. It just it feels like in sports, if you're telling me that the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry is dead, definitively more dead rivalries than living rivalries. Anything else, Pat?
7: A uh, quick one. Uh, snobs about hot dogs. Pe- people who are angry when you put ketchup on a hot dog. I love ketchup on a hot dog. Ugh. Apparently, all of Chicago hates this, and I don't oh, understand why. Disgusting. Ketchup is delicious, it's and it's great on a hot dog. Just, mm-hmm. because Just, because mm-hmm. Just because it's good doesn't mean you should put it on everything, Pat. I-, I can put it on a hot dog, mm-hmm. and it- it'll be Not delicious. in Chicago, you can't. Yes, because they're snobs, That's and I hate disgusting. it. disgusting. Hot dog Get over snobs. yourself, Chicago. I-, I
1: have literally never heard of Get such a thing as a hot dog
7: snob.
3: But- A Chicago dog has more on it than just the condiments. You have the tomato, you have the pepper, you have the onions.
7: Tomato's fine, but ketchup's not? Please. (laughs) Yes, they're different. They're different.
0: We're Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive (laughs) Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.
6: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.